and it's recording welcome back hey guys gays and girls of the world um this is geeks podcast and this is the co-host um Kavon. yes it's me um i know i haven't really been uh apparent um the past couple of months but a lot of shit has happened um so therefore um i try to still come in when i can but i wanted to have a, a post in a new episode or a showcase to highlight somebody who I actually like and very like inspired and motivated and fond of. Um, so we are here. Um, unfortunately, Michael is not here, um, but he is letting me like do my little takeover or whatever. So, you know, we got this, we're gonna, we're gonna get it real popular or whatever. But um, neither here there let's go into my guest that i brought um his name is amorphous and i'm gonna let him introduce himself and let him know you know talk to the fans and everything okay hello guys my name is amorphous <laughs> you might know me on twitter at lone amorphous that's l-o-n-e-a-m-o-r-p-h-o-u-s um that's my biggest platform i am a music producer a filmmaker i honestly like to consider myself just an overall creative i do pretty much everything and um <laughs> thanks <laughs> so yeah i've been kind of like blowing up a little bit in terms of my career so you might see me like kind of doing some things on the internet so yeah if you could follow that account that'll be great right congratulations to that too by Thank the way you. because like when you say blowing up like you really have it i've been seeing kind of like all the the um achievements and everything that you that has been coming you. to you and offered to you just through twitter alone even seeing like ava duvernay of all people reaching what? out to you that was crazy i know i know it had to be that's so i was just like oh, wow so you know that's i'm like so proud of you thank like, you i really do appreciate it of course of course so i'm going to my second question um okay how I met you, um, I kind of found out about you through your mashups on YouTube mm -hmm. and um, Tumblr. I think the first mashup that I heard was through um, Tumblr, actually, about two years ago. I want to say, like, mid-2018 or beginning 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the mashup of um, Needed Me in uh, One in a Million. Yeah. Um, and someone was playing it through their speaker, but I was just like, that was my actually my first time being introduced to mashups. And I mm -hmm. was like... <laughs> I was like, what is this? So, like, I actually, you know, went to the song and was playing it. Mm -hmm. um, and not only did I find you, but I found so many right. um, YouTubers right. who actually just make mashups. Um, they're actually, like, really good at it, including you. So um, what made you want to get into making mashups? Um, you know, I, I do, I do get asked this question a couple of times and it's funny because yeah. the answer is always so simple. It's a boredom. Yeah. So basically that's kind of how it came about. Um, I've always been into music ever since I was a little kid. Like mm -hmm. I used to beatbox like Jay-Z beats, Aaliyah stuff. Like I used to just go around just doing my own little thing and mm. mash, like creating mashups is something that is like really really simple it's just like a simple idea and you mm -hmm. kind of just go into whatever program that you use and put it together pretty simply um so that was honestly just what it was you know i would be just minding my business you know riding in my car a song would come on and automatically i would just hear something another song like humming over top of it i'm like you know what that'd be cute like why not let me just go do that and um i had done mashups for a while just for myself 
Um, just like you said, there's a big mashup community on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And one of my um, good friends, actually, his name is Raheem D. He's notorious yeah. for his mashups. Yeah, so we go way back. I've, I met him through the internet in like 2008, 2009. So wow. it's been over a decade. So he definitely kind of like influenced me a little bit in that realm. But I wouldn't particularly say it's something that I aspire to do, but it kind of just happened and blew up. Wow, wow. Yeah. Um, Just like you said, it's it's a big community and it's it's crazy that you kind of like stumbled upon it just by pure boredom. Um, But at the same time, like being someone who has a knack for music or it's just like um, has a good ear for music. um, It's actually it's actually pretty cool, like because I'm kind of uh, the same when it comes to like listening to music like it's like oh what would sound good like over you know right. this or whatever like mashed up and everything but with you like I think your mashups hit different from me simply because um, a lot of a lot of mashups that I have found um, have kind of like sound like they kind of like sit on top of each other mm-hmm. like it's kind of just like one song on top of another and it's kind of like no type of cohesiveness, but right. you actually kind of deconstruct both and reconstruct them together. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes them sound super cohesive. And it's like with every mashup that you do. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, you don't know how many times I've listened to your mashups. Uh, thank shit, you. Like, yeah, bro, bro. That, that um, means a lot. I think that comes from also like my producing background. Yeah. So that's something that I take extremely serious. So being able to produce a song from scratch Mm -hmm. and all that that kind of mentality kind of goes into some mashups like i will be completely honest sometimes i will just make a mashup just putting one song over the other one not even really worry about cohesion i just be like girl i'm bored let me just see how this sounds other ones if i'm really really feeling something i will kind of go into it as much as i can maybe see if i can find you know the actual stems of the track and like you said kind of rebuild it from the ground up so it sounds like one cohesive track um and those are like the funnest ones to do because you can mm-hmm. really just experiment and have fun. I think some of my best mashups are more of like my mega mixes that I do of certain artists. So I'll do like a eight minute track of just different. For example, I did a Beyonce one a couple years ago that was really um that was really, really good. So I got yeah. to just have some fun just playing around with transitions and different kinds of things. And it's fun. It's, it's something like, it's like an exercise to just be able to test my musical ear just in general, but also be able to see what I can do in, in, times, in terms of that kind of medium. Right. It is, I mean, it is kind of like a form of practice to actual producing because, you know, you can actually have a, a knack for a certain like uh, instruments, you know, right. from one song and putting it to the other, actually making them sound mm-hmm. good. So, mm-hmm. um, what was the very first like mashup you've ever made? Oh goodness! Okay, so that had to have been when I was like ten. Uh-huh. I can't. I'm trying to remember exactly which. Th- there was a couple I did. There was a couple I did. Uh-huh. But I'll say the first like legitimate serious one I did was actually <laughs> I did a um mashup. It was of a it was of a fifth harmony song. Oh, okay. This was actually a couple years ago. It wasn't it wasn't that long. This is when I actually started taking mashup and kind of like a little bit more serious so I consider it my first one. Mm-hmm. But it was a fifth harmonies um ah uh, oh all in my head in TLC's creep. And that one was like, that blew up all over the internet. I, I just put it up there and not really thinking of anything. I was like, oh, look at this cute little mashup I did. Like, it was just for fun. And that one kind of um, 
took a mind of its own. But that was like the first one that I actually did that didn't sound a mess. I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, kind of like my third question kind of answers mm-hmm. itself because you answered before it was, you know, when you first started making mashups and mm-hmm. was it solely for entertainment purposes or for notoriety? Um, I don't know if you said when you first started making mashups. Well, I mean, that's like, it's a little bit of a relative question because like, like I said, when I was really young, I used to mess around like producing and stuff anyway. And Mm -hmm. I was doing little mashups there, but as an eight year old, they kind of sounded a mess. So, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So a couple years later, I would say that I really started kind of doing that again around, this is around like 2014 ish. When I started producing, when I got the different programs, I kind of was just like, oh, well, I have nothing else to do. Let me just create a mashup and see how that sounds. So um, around that time. Awesome. Okay. Uh, um, did your passion for producing music like also spark your creativity in the other endeavors you previously mentioned? I think so. I mean, for example, we, we were talking earlier about, you know, the whole Ava DuVernay thing. And mm-hmm. one thing that I love to do in terms of filmmaking is editing. So, Which I is superb, to, by the way. Thank you so much. I'm, that really means a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to edit like different trailers, just concept trailers on my own just as again as practice as a test Um, I don't really have um, access to like any big film production so I kind of just kind of see what films that I love that I can kind of create like mock trailers for Mm -hmm. and recently over the past two years I've ended up scoring those trailers so I produce a track from scratch or um, something of that sort so the trailer that I did for When They See Us I kind of remixed um, Beyonce's Freedom to kind of give it um, more of a somber feel for the tone of the actual trailer. It was just something that was like a little bit of a way to combine both kind of mediums, my editing skills and my producing skills. So I'd say they go together hand in hand because a lot of stuff in film requires sound design and requires sound mixing. And so to have that kind of knowledge, just even just in terms of just your musical ear, that's really, really important. Right. Um, just and just to say, like your trailer for us, you used um, "Stranger in My House." Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is my like. My sister used to sing that song to me as a baby. It's like a, a song that I love, and the fact that you actually—it was one thing for a uh, uh, key peel to actually like flip the song. You know, I got mm-hmm. five on it, but for you to flip, you know, "Stranger in My House," it still worked the same way. Like it still kind of had that same ambiance. Right. Um, in suspense as uh, his original trailer did. Mm-hmm. So, like, even that, I was like, wow. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I was kind of going for in terms of, like, whenever I'm doing, especially my filmmaking stuff, I always want to push myself in terms of quality because I look up to Jordan Peele. I look up to Ava DuVernay, and I look mm-hmm. up to, um, you know, the Ryan Kuglers of the world. So there's a thing of saying like making your own opportunities come to you and it's super um apparent just how powerful like twitter or instagram or youtube is so whenever i have like an idea like that where i'm like i can easily just tweet this out and maybe get their attention i want to make sure it's like of the highest quality and even on those like filmmaking stuff again that's usually because i'm bored because i'm like i have nothing else to do i might as well create something i have a huge drive to create but um i'm always pushing myself to kind of make something of that nature because you never know what could happen of course like you you never know and that's great like you have a big force when it comes to creative of course but um my next question is uh when did you 
when did your passion for editing, filmmaking, and graphic designing uh, come to fruition? Ooh, that's a good question because my favorite film of all time, ever since I was a little kid, is Titanic. Mm -hmm. It's like the most sappiest film, but I love it. It is. And it's not necessarily it classic. Okay, it I've seen that movie so many times, and I, I have to get older of it. Um, so I think the reason why I'm so drawn to that film from a filmmaking perspective doesn't really have much to do with, you know, Rose and Jack and all that. I mean, that's all cute, mm -hmm. but it's really the scale of the film, the way that James Cameron was able to capture the tragedy in such a, a personal way. So, you know, I always said when I was a little kid, I was like, I want to make my own Titanic when I grow up, or I want it's something of that nature that it just enraptures the audience. You know, that right. film killed it at the box office. Um, and became, like you said, a classic. So, you know, I used to make like little movies by myself. Like, you know, I was playing all the people, you know, I will be Jack, I'll be Rose, I'll be <laughs> whoever, whoever was the character. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of when I realized just right along with music as well, it kind of happened at the same time is that that was something that spoke to me, the ability to tell stories through that kind of medium. I mean, film, music, those are kind of the, the two kind of mediums that are, super important because they're able to just transcend um into someone's actual like emotions right so like you know you listen to like a film score or something that can truly move you or even just like your favorite song like you think about sometimes people make playlists about you know they'll have a playlist of okay songs that made me cry or songs that made me feel happy or something like that those, those are mediums that are just so tangible mm -hmm. and can genuinely move people so especially as a black gay creative it was super important to me i know that i'm i'm mostly edit but i'm looking into directing and all that kind of stuff because my passion is to be able to tell those stories about us and not mm -hmm. just stories that just uh, revel in our trauma that we we all know about you know, you have so of many course. films and then there's nothing particularly wrong with that so many films about you know slave films and all right. that i mean our history is important yeah but i want to make films that see capture us in a light that isn't so represented in in that kind of medium you know we, we're so much more than just that yeah. as important as that is you know we're, we're incredibly complex people and i feel like that's really important so i think that's my biggest drive into filmmaking is being able to just be a part of that conversation whether that's editing someone else's ideas and dreams and in in films or that's kind of working on my own awesome um what about graphic designing because i didn't even know that you did graphic designing I think, okay, so I went to, um, when I was in, what was it, junior, sophomore, which one is like 11th grade? 11th grade is junior. Junior, okay. You know, I was a little bit stupid sometimes. So junior year of high school, um, I went to a um, commercial arts school. So they taught me everything about photography, everything about illustration, everything about graphic design. I was pretty aware of graphic design before, just out of you know the filmmaking type of type of stuff. So like, like I said, sometimes when I would do my trailers, you know, you would have like a title at the end of the, the trailer, or whatever. So I would have to kind of do that on my own. But I learned so much in that program just about just freehand drawing, and that kind mm -hmm. of uh, my professor kind of taught me about being able to make your graphic design um, skills into a business. So. It's something I'm, I'm passionate about, but it is also a way to kind of like make ends meet. You know, I do most of my own graphic design for myself and um, for like my friends and stuff like I'll help out. But 
it's an incredible way. Like if you have the eye for it, like you can make bank just by doing graphic design because oh, a yeah. lot of businesses, a lot of people that, you know, podcast, everybody needs a logo, everybody needs something. So yeah. it's, it's a good way and it's a way to train my eye as well. So that's kind of how that came about. That's awesome. I love that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. That you have that like um, multi, like being multifaceted because it's it's a plus when you're able. It's it's good to have um, a friend to have somebody that can do it for you, but it's like a, a extra plus to be able to learn and do it yourself. Yourself, because right. you know what you want, right? Within your work, so right. that's that's and awesome. that's super important for yeah. filmmaking in terms of like you know, one day I aspire to be a director mm-hmm. and the best directors, they know their place. Of course, you know, they're at the top of the food chain, but right. <laughs> it's really important that they know um, the overall basics of the different departments. They know a little bit about lighting. They know a little bit about post-production. They know a little bit about writing scripts because you are the one that's overseeing the entire production. So everybody's looking to you. You know, if mm-hmm. something happens here, something happens there, of course you have the heads of those departments that can kind of answer it, but right. what if they don't know? They're going to come to you. You kind of are the um, the face of the entire production. So I feel like exactly. that is important to know that kind of stuff. And if you can get that knowledge, get it. Exactly. I mean, you can easily get it nowadays because I mean, right. Google, YouTube, whatever. Right. Exactly. YouTube, all that. So many sources. Exactly. You don't even have to go. I went to film school specifically for the reason of having like tangible experience with um, different cameras and stuff. I feel like that mm-hmm. is something that you can't really replicate because the cameras that I was using in college, those were like $10,000 cameras. Okay. I'm not going to be spending my money on that. Are you kidding me? So it's like, but a lot of that knowledge in terms of like theory, film theory, all that stuff you can learn, like you said, through YouTube or just by yourself trial and error. There's so many amazing filmmakers that did not go to film school or just picked up a camera and just learned on their own. So everything, that's one big plus about the internet. As crazy as it can be, you pretty much learn anything on your own. So it's always out there. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I was like, I think so many, you have so many people um, in these particular fields um, that are coming out and being independent because of the easy access that um, our generation, well, all generations have at this point to, you know, broadcast their stuff and broadcast their talent, their creativity right. and everything. And it's so important. Like, it it's really so important is. for you to showcase your voice and be your best self like like you said there's so many different podcasts in in some ways it can seem very oversaturated but on the flip side everybody has their own unique voice that kind of makes up that entire community so whether somebody is covering similar topics Mm -hmm. they still have a unique spin to tell so it's always important to just kind of put your voice out there whether or not you feel like somebody else doing the same exact thing or there's too many people doing this if you have if that's something you're passionate about and you want to talk about go out there and do it Right, exactly. Especially if you have that knack of uh, that uniqueness, right? As, as well, that's why I was uh, right. actually like um, excited myself um, to or agreed to be a co-host mm-hmm. in Geeked because I know myself. Like though I am, I can be very reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also very outgoing, and I also have a huge personality and very yeah. like humorous. Right. And I know that <laughs> I can kind of use that to my advantage um, when it comes to speaking to the people or, you know, even when it comes to just like broadcasting myself or anything. Right. So, yeah. Um, so 
I know a few months ago, um, you actually, because I saw this through YouTube, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, you actually um, got reached out by Division um, oh, yes. over your mashup, which mm-hmm. when I saw that shit myself, I was like, what? Like Division? Like Division. Literally. Division, <laughs> like hit you up. And then it's, it's crazy because like you, you have 20,000 um, followers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and though that's such a big following on YouTube, it's still so small. Right. And the fact that they still found you yeah. through all these mashups and, you know, all this other stuff, because there's plenty of other YouTubers right, who have right. mashups to their songs. But the right. And they're just as great, you know? Yeah, exactly. But particularly yours caught their attention. So mm-hmm. I really want to know that process. Okay. That's, that was mind blowing you know I, I know that i can be very reserved just as like as well like some i kind of have to force myself to be outgoing so it's right. like <clears throat> sometimes i kind of have an issue where it's like i don't like to really talk about my accomplishments that much like on the on the internet and all that stuff because i just don't ever want to let that stuff get to my head but that is something right. that i will continue to talk about until the end of time because exactly right that was yes, something too. where it was like I've always been a huge, huge fan of Division ever since their first project came out. Right. Oh, and not to not to cut you off, but for anybody who doesn't know who Division is, they are an R&B group. It's two yes. two of them, right? One the singer, yes. one the producer. One, um, Daniel Daly, he's the singer. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, nineteen eighty five, he's the producer. Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, and they are under OVO, which is I mean Drake's label, and that should tell you enough, like. Yeah, <laughs> like amazing. Just, they're really, right, really exactly. cool. They're they really are. good. Like I remember they put their first song out. I believe it was with me. That's the first track they put out. It might have been the mm-hmm. line, but whatever. It was a couple years ago. I stand super hard. I was like, oh my god, this is just incredible. Yeah. So I've done like a couple of division mashups like over time. Like I said, out of boredom because I have nothing else to do in my life. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I think the one mashup that like really took off was I mashed up Division's song Too Deep with Alias Rock the Boat. And that just uh, that just went all viral all over the internet. Kind of took a life of its own. And I remember they had seen it. They kind of like quoted it back in the day on their Twitter. And I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Awesome. And um, so like over time, I've kind of built up my production following so like on soundcloud a lot of people that's where i upload most of my like my productions or my original remixes that i make from scratch mm-hmm. and i remember division they had liked one of my tracks on there and i was like okay that's interesting i mean they're, they're kind of looking and out of boredom again while i was on la i decided um to mash up their song um I believe it was called In Between at the time, and mm-hmm. Usher's Nice and Slow. They just had like a similar vibe to me. I'm a huge Usher fan as well. And I was like, you know, it's just something cool that I can vibe to for myself. I wasn't going to put it up. Right. For some reason I did. I was like, you know, why not? You know, you have a platform. People like your ears. Share it. Right. Put it on Instagram. As soon as I put it up there, 1985 reached out to me. He, do, he doesn't follow me. Well, he does now. But at the time, he didn't follow me or anything. So I'm like, how the heck did he see that so quickly? He reached out to me. He's like, hey, do you have a minute to talk? At first, I'm thinking, like, oh, he's like, can you take it down? Like, what are you doing? Like, bro, like, chill out. Like, are you trying to outclass us? Like, go right, somewhere. Right. So, um, yeah, he was just kind of talking. We were just kind of getting to know each other a little bit. He's like, oh all right, gosh. well, we've been watching you for a little while. Um, we were reaching out because we wanted to see if you were interested in taking that mashup and turning it into a remix of the, the track on the album. At first, I kind of 
read that like several times kind of trying to figure out what the heck they were talking about like is this real but um that was an incredible feeling because 1985 he is an amazing amazing producer he's produced drake's one dance like so many big hits i've looked up to him and even his smaller smaller work is just incredible so to have someone like him that i've looked up to for the past five six years recognize that and say you know what we want to include you on the project your idea on the project i mean that meant the world so um yeah that was um interesting i remember at one point usher was supposed to be featured on the actual remix version of the track then they ended up getting snow on it which just as great i love her too this is great like either one is fine with me right and um yeah so that was my first big like production um credit like placement on ovo and it was just so funny because talking to my best friend like six seven years ago i used to joke with her jokingly say like oh i'm gonna be on ovo one day i want to work with ovo i want to work with division i want to work with drake and to be somewhat part of that camp now it's truly Mm. a blessing this is all all part of it's all coming together surely manifesting surely it's super important to be able to speak your dreams into existence people don't really think about that enough just how important that is because all those thoughts that you have in your head like nobody's going to hear that but yourself like nobody's going to hear that so for you to actually say that and make them actionable one day i mean that's really important it is very important it's just this this again like this is so awesome to actually like hear and see somebody who is you know not that big or not that known right. still be able to get that recognition from someone who has such a mass following right who right. has actually even been a been part of a, a a staple or a big movement of the like new r&b right in a sense because um, right. they really have like the they really has, have they've been out since like 2016 they put their first track out and yeah. it's been really incredible just to get getting to to know them like i've talked to 19 like he has genuinely been so 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 nice because i'm i'm super nervous like sometimes even like just hearing me talk like when i'm on podcast or whatever mm-hmm. i could be going on my tangents because i don't know what i'm talking about so talking <laughs> to him i'm like you know i don't want to say anything that's going like embarrass me or something but right. he's been incredible in just hyping me up like he's he's told me like you know how he's just been so I guess not in awe, I don't want to say that, but he's just really um, appreciated what I've had to offer in terms musically, um, wow. even just with my little platform. And so he's honestly helping me with my album that I'm putting out. So wow. he's going to mix and master that. So that's going to be incredible. So oh we'll see gosh. where things go from here. We'll see mix and master. I'm like finally because I've been working on this project for like so many years. I'm ready to put it out. And it's crazy. It's funny that you mentioned that because that was my next question. Uh, Great transition. (laughs) Great transition. transition. When when is the album coming? Mm. Out of all these artists that are just sustaining all these albums, we got what Rihanna, we got SZA, Mm -hmm. we got fucking who else? Um, Those are artists. I'm trying to. Who else Adele has hasn't released yet. She hasn't come out. I don't know why. I'm waiting for her to come out. Yeah, she hasn't came out. Um, 
I would I would say I, I was I was gonna say Beyonce, but I was like Beyonce has been kind of yeah. She put she put out uh, the gift, and that was incredible. People just didn't give it enough credit to me. I mean, yeah, I just kind of want her, my own another yeah, like, another B seven like just yeah, just full, yeah, by herself. Beyonce cool. album exactly. Yeah. But, but she's, you know what? She's fed us though. It's like these other artists. I mean, I love me some Rihanna. Trust me, I do. Okay. Oh, she has starved the fuck. <laughs> right, so. but you know what? I'm taking a pointer from her because mm, I have no idea when this project is coming out. I'm gonna say that right now, okay. especially because of the fact that there's things happening behind the scenes that I can't really talk about yet. Mm. Um, so I feel like it's all happened for a reason, though. Like everything that's going on with this project now is something that three years ago wouldn't have happened. And when mm. I first announced the project, it was supposed to premiere on MTV. Which was amazing. Like that was a huge gift for me. I was like, oh my God, like that's really incredible. How did she just scoring that? <laughs> well, um, that was it was one of those I had done a mashup and it always starts with the mashups. That's what makes me laugh. So I had done a mashup of one of those songs and somebody from NCV had reached out to me. Um, I think it was the BZ mashup album I did. That's mm. what it was, yeah. So that like really took off over the internet. That was like on the news and all types of stuff, complex, oh, wow. BT, MTV. And um I guess they had saw one of my tweets about like I had an album coming out at the time. It was called Blue Jay. That was the album. And I was like, Oh, it's coming out later this year. And the writer of the article, he reached out to me about like um putting together a premiere for it and everything. So I was super, super ready for it. Problem was the album wasn't done. And I will say confidently, production-wise, the album is completely done. It's finished. I've had that done for like the past three years. Okay. But it's been more so getting artists to sing over top of certain songs. And um, not that I'm picky or anything. It's just like um, I want – this album is really like a showcase of my production ability. Like I want to come out the gate like swinging. Because like, most people do know me for mashups or for um, you know my filmmaking stuff, which is all great. But – um, I feel like this is just a really great showcase of what I can offer in terms of original tracks and original stuff. So I'm trying to make it the best it can be. And I want to have the best artists that I love and look up to or my friends. Like I put a lot of friends on my on my project. You got to put your, your people on. But um, yeah, now, you know, after the whole division stuff, there's stuff happening with that. I, I got some really cool people on it. So I'm very excited. Hopefully it'll be out like early next year. That's the production wise is done. And now that I have someone that will actually mix and master the project, it should be pretty easy. So we just got to get some people to record. It'll be done. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear it because I know, like, you have really been um, <laughs> pushing it um, because I know I have watched um, an interview. I forgot what his name was um, through IG Live. Oh, yeah. Um, hard. I only catch, yeah, I only caught um, a little bit because I was at work um, <laughs> while I was watching it. Got but, it. Right. But, um, yeah, like, I just... Yeah, he, I forgot what the fuck I was talking about. It's all good. good. He was pressing uh, me about it, though. He was pressing me about it. He was like, you were talking about that album for the past right. five years. Like, where's that? Like, people are like, because yeah. you want to and be able to, I mean, that's one thing now. Like, that's why even with the division thing, I was trying to be as quiet as possible about saying something on Twitter because a lot of times there's things that can fall through or it's just like, you don't want to lose interest. Like you said, I do have a following, but it's not, right. and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm not particularly looking to have like a huge following either. If it happens, it happens. But I do know that I have like people that genuinely look up to me or are genuinely excited about it that have reached out to me and messaged me like, where's your album at? Like wait, they listen to all my stuff on SoundCloud. Like, so I definitely, it's, it's hard to kind of like keep interest and also kind of like, finished product so i've kind of been quiet about it now but um 
now that I have the new news, like with division and, and all that stuff and other stuff going on behind the scenes about it, I can actually kind of like feel confident that it will be out like soon. So, so would you say that the, the, especially with, uh, what with happened with division, even, um, what happened with Ava DuVernay kind of like pushed you even more to try to like get this album out? Because I think at yeah, this yeah. point, like you are, um, you're kind of like you're reaching a height, especially when it comes right. to notoriety, because even if you're not being notarized all over like social media, you are when it comes to like these when it comes to these camps, like with Ava DuVernay right. having people reach out to you, right. even, you know, um, the vision, like there's no telling who else he's spoken to right. about right. you. So it's just like you. You're you're still getting your name out there. Right. Um, so and that's super important. It's like. Right. It, it does push me. Like I said, the album has been sitting on the shelf. Like, I feel like, I feel like in some ways my album is shelf because it's like, <laughs> okay, it's, it's there. Right. Production wise, my, my stuff is done. Um, and it's just about like, there's are certain songs that are finished like uh, vocally. I'm going to put out, which was the lead single of the album at the time. <laughs> All right. With my friend, Amindy from LA. She's amazing. It's a and great song. thank you so much. So that was supposed to be like, the song that was going to push the product, but I didn't have, well, not only was I'm not done, we're going to get into that, but it was a thing of, I was just moving to LA at the time. So right okay. now I'm in Florida, but at the time I was like, I had just literally drove 48 hours across the country. I was tired. I put the song, like the song came out the night that I arrived. I just didn't have the energy to promote it like I wanted to. It just wasn't going to happen. So, like, we were supposed to do a video for it. Like, there was a bunch of stuff that was supposed to go into it. Um, and I, I'm sure, like, we will still do that in time, you know, when the album's actually done. Mm -hmm. But it's been sitting there. And it's, it's, I've had people really listen to it and give constructive feedback. And they think it's really, really good. It's a really good showcase of just what I can do. And like you said, I'm kind of at that point where... Yeah, I'm not. I think another thing is like you know my platform. First of all, I tweet too much. I'm gonna say that. Yeah, I, tweet. Okay. I tweet. I tweet a lot, and I'll be like, I'll tweet this and tweet the lead, tweet the lead. That's all I do because I don't know. Twitter sometimes is my outlet, mm -hmm. um, but I am kind of at that point. I do recognize that where there's so many opportunities that I have tried for so long to speak into existence or I've talked about, and I am like right at that point where things are going to blow up. Like, mm -hmm. that's just what it is. Like, whether it's, and that doesn't necessarily mean in people's faces, but just in terms of being comfortable financially or comfortable in, in terms of a job, like working with Ava or, you know, working with Division and all those, those kinds of people, that's something mm -hmm. that I've looked to for a very, very long time. So it does push me to make those opportunities come my way even more, mm -hmm. um, but also just, you know, up the quality of whatever I've been working on, including the album. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it has. Um, cause I, I'm going to let you listen to what, what some of the stuff. I'll send it to you. I want to get, get, get your opinion. Uh, please, because this <laughs> is like I said, like, listen to these mashups and everything. Like, I, um, I honestly had uh, recently in the past few months really started like getting into all of your mashups, mm -hmm. which made me want to get into your actual music as an artist. Mm -hmm. And then once I did, and I was just like, wow, he's great. And then <laughs> once you. I actually started getting into you, it's just like, oh, okay, he has an album coming that's been supposed to be coming. That's what we're talking. Right. And then I was like, oh, okay. So like, this is, this is like somebody definitely not only to like watch out right. for, but also have like, so much musical like 
I can't even find the words, but it's just it's it's great. I get what you're saying. I I, yeah. I really do like I genuinely have to express like how much that means to me. I I, I so appreciate that, and that goes for like everyone. I right. you know when I put out whatever I do, whether it's the mashups, the documentaries, yeah, whatever. I I genuinely do that for myself because I have like just a desire to create. Like if I'm not creating, I'm depressed. Like that's just genuinely how it is for me, and so. I don't, when I put that stuff, I don't have any expectations. Like, I'm not like, oh, if I put this documentary out, it's going to give me clout. Or or I put this trail out, Ava's going to reach out. If she does reach out, oh, my God, that's amazing. But it's genuinely for myself and for me to have been able to gain a following, whether that's on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, it means a lot. You know, it's really shown me, like, a lot of times I don't really give myself enough credit. You know, hearing you talk about, oh, how talented I am, I'll be like, mm, yeah, whatever, I'm cute or whatever. But I feel like, because sometimes you can, if you let that get to your head too much, I, I do know some people, and <laughs> I'm not saying it's particularly a bad thing, but it can get to your head too much and you become super, super arrogant. Yeah. Being out in LA, that's exactly what it was. Like, you know, people will come up to me and they'll have no idea what I've done or whatever, and I don't say anything, and my friend will be like, oh my God, he's done this, done that. And they're like, oh, you're that person, but they would have never expected because I'm not about to just go out there and act like I'm hot shit. Like, sure, I might be, but in terms of like music or whatever in my mind, but I feel like it's important to have a humility, especially on the internet. It's so easy for people to kind of see what they want to see on your social media. And like, I had someone, a really good friend of mine at one point, <clears throat> he was mad because all I did on Twitter was tweet about myself. And I was like, what else am I supposed to talk about? Like, it's my <laughs> platform. Like, they're like, right. he's like, he was like, I just think you're just self-centered. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, if I tweet, oh, my day is not going good. How does that, like, this is my platform to talk about. So I just, right. I don't know, it's always been something in my head. But on the contrary, to have people from Australia, Portugal, Paris, wherever, reach out to me and be like, oh, my God, you're amazing. You've inspired me to do this. Can you check this out? Or can you uh, give me some tips? Like, that is the most incredible, incredible feeling in the world. And I never take it for granted. So thank you just in general, just for the kind words. It's, it's so appreciated. Of course, of course. Um, it's funny that you mentioned um, Australia because um, I wasn't even going to in, go into this, but I do want to briefly go into how honestly God works because yeah. um, I, didn't, I didn't know this until you posted it on your YouTube, but I was actually um, a woman, I forgot her name, um, but she was on the Australian Voice. Um, oh, yeah. She I actually Eric McFarlane. Yeah, is that I okay? Um, but she sung so good. But she sung your mashup yeah. so good. Yeah, that was um, crazy. With uh, Destiny Child, and then coincidentally, mm-hmm. Kelly Rowland is the judge. Judge, yes. And she sing it, and she's singing that to her, and she immediately the fact that she was kind of able to not only use um, So Good, uh, but also the mash, your mashup as a clutch to kind of right. get her, you right. know, that, that right. seat. Because, right. I mean, if she was, I'm not saying she was singing uh, by herself, she wouldn't have got nobody. Not to say that. Right. But, <laughs> but that's, but that's um, to be able to sing a mashup, that's actually, that's something I've never uh, witnessed on The Voice. I've watched mm. The Voice plenty of times. And, right. You know, a lot of people just seeing the original song, but singing the mashup and be able to jack the right. song like that. She sounded good too. She sounded she really did. fucking good. Yeah, she sounded really fucking good. So um, I feel like they. She. Well, I just talked to her like not too long after that happened. Because of course really? I had no idea. Most of the time that happens, like 
Normani when she performed my mashup on the Ariana Grande tour and like throughout she performed your mashup. Yes, yes, yes. She performed my mashup like for an entire year. I was like, okay, girl, like, can I come and see the concert? Can I meet you behind the scenes or something? Oh, right. I love Mr. Normani. Okay, she she's amazing. Wow. But I I had no idea about any of that. No idea. I had seen she had seen it on Twitter mm-hmm. like a year before she performed it, and that was amazing with in and of itself. Like that was just incredible. Um, I had watched her on the X Factor. Um, from mm-hmm. the jump was rooting for her. From the jump was making those calls for Fit Harmony so they could be successful. And what happened? Mm-hmm. So I've always been uh, rooting for Normani. So that was incredible. But stuff like that when that happens, or even like when um, Beyonce she was going to perform. One of the mashups from the BZ album I did on the On the Run 2 tour, she was rehearsing it. <laughs> and somebody had like taken a camera like and kind of recorded it. And I had no idea about that either. I'm just like, okay, I'm just on my Twitter and my Twitter just blowing up. They're like, Jameer, look at this. Namani's performing a mashup. Lyric McFarland's performing a mashup on X Fact. I'm like, I'm just as shocked as everybody else. But it just goes to show like sometimes I do get down about myself. Sometimes I'm like, I might not be that talented and not that is about that like getting clout or about getting that kind of recognition but it can be a bit frustrating but it's just at least I have that platform of people that know like oh yo that was your idea like they got that from you but I talked to Lyric McFarlane after and she she's really really nice like she was like I told Kelly about you and everything I said okay oh my god like I've been such a huge Destiny's Child fan ever since I was a baby period so like to know that she you know, first perform my mashup, but just her reaction to it in general was just like, okay, I knew I had gold when I made that. So it, it's really cool to see um, different artists kind of like take those ideas that I've done and uh, perform it on a wide scale. And I've been really patient about it, you know, getting that kind of like, you know, Normani, she has, her team never reached out to me or anything. And that wasn't necessarily a problem to me because I knew one day all that stuff would come full circle. Like I would get a platform to actually be able to, do that stuff like right. what happened with division so everything happens for a reason but i'm i'm still incredibly grateful for all that for sure of course um i know i had like another like a mini question um because mm-hmm. i know though you've we kind of like have spoke about you uh just kind of being strictly a producer At, in the beginning when i listened to your mashups i was just like um, is he a DJ? Like, does he does he partake in DJing? Because that kind of uh, plays a big part too. You know, when you go to clubs, I know for me, like, I mean, any club that you go to, like, music is the most important thing. Right. That's what you're there for, right? Um, to dance, yeah, exactly, to dance, um, or you know, just to get drunk. But you know, music still has a, a big importance, and um, the way you mix and mash your music also uh, has a big importance too. So that's why I was like, at first I was like, is, is this man a DJ as well? Like, does he also DJ? Like what? Um, but, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I feel like DJing is such a the thing about DJing. I've DJed twice. Okay. Twice. I was supposed to DJ in Portugal this month. I'm supposed to go overseas, but you know, this oh, COVID you know, is not a. It's a big deal to me, of course, because of right, like right. going overseas. <laughs> but I am like, it's such, okay, being able to create something on my laptop by myself and putting it out on the internet, like whether, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to judge, whatever. And that's what it's for in a way, like constructive feedback. That's all amazing. Right. But DJing in front of a crowd, 
Mm, uh, it takes a little while to get used to. So, I mean, the both times I DJ, they went incredibly well. I was shocked. <clears throat> and I guess it was more so just trusting myself. Like, I had to learn how to just trust myself and trust that my musical ear was going to get the audience to dance. Because, like you said, that's what they're there to do. Like, if right. you're playing, you're DJing, and nobody's moving, there's something wrong. So, um, but, yeah, I had a little bit of an issue. The last time I DJ, they didn't pay me the amount that he's supposed to pay me. So I kind of stopped teaching for a while. I was like, okay, that was a little bit shady. But yeah, I think it goes hand in hand. A lot of producers DJ and a lot of DJs produce. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes hand in hand. So um, I think it's like something that I would do. Like, you know, when the album comes out, like that's probably how I would promote it on like a tour. It's like, okay, I'll DJ in different cities and all that kind of stuff. But it, it, it is incredibly fun like to do on my own. It's just I have to get used to being in front of an audience. Like I'm 5'3", little Jameer. Like what am I going to do? <laughs> so I just have to kind of like get used to being around people like that. But it is all cool. Right. Oh, wow. You're 5'3"? <laughs> I'm so short. I'm so oh my short. Gosh. I'm literally six two, so that's all oh, like God. Entire, you dwarf? But... Okay. <laughs> that's hilarious, but yeah. yeah no, I, I, I'm so cool. I, I feel that. I definitely feel that. I know um with me, even though like because of course I don't I don't have any type of like DJ experience, <laughs> but I've always been um use as a dj even when it comes to like little family functions when it comes to like my friend's birthday party i've always been used like as someone who has to dj even though i may not have the equipment it's still a very very important thing so like having to literally find okay which song will go into this one which is going to keep the mood and even then like how can i transition into the next mood Right. Like for the night and everything. Like it's, it's super important. It's like, very. Just even in terms of like creating a track list. Like I tweeted about that not too long ago, how people don't. I, somebody that listens, especially on the first time, I don't really care about multiple times, but on the first time, if you listen to somebody's album that they put out and you listen to it on shuffle, mm-hmm. I judge you. I'm sorry, I just do. Yeah, no, you so many people, there's so many factors that go into sequencing, into creating a track list. Like people be going into full flight like full fights about it behind the scenes. Sorry, so I'm in the hood, so you know. <laughs> Not whatever, it's all good. And it's like you just like a lot of time. Some albums like okay, like no shade, like okay, like a Chris Brown album where it's not really like a sequence or whatever. Like yeah. people gonna listen to that. Just like, it's just a collection of songs. But a Beyonce album or, or if like you the listen to Solange, if you were to turn on Rihanna's Anti for the first time and listen to it on shuffle. You have a problem like you have to just i just don't, don't understand that and that goes just into djing like sequencing being able to create a um experience for mm-hmm. whoever's on the dance floor like you you know mm-hmm. you might start with something that's a little bit slow work up to something that's a little bit more climactic right. you know end the night with something a little bit more slow like a lot of that stuff is important not to say it's particularly necessary but it's just like right. i feel like people don't give that kind of stuff enough credit yeah, I, I I honestly feel the same uh, same way as well because like one thing one thing that's like real big on me, um, especially when it comes to like going to clubs and stuff because I know I so I'm 21. I just like turned 21 like in the past August, but even then you're like, younger than me. I'm so sorry to cut you off. What for really? How old are you? <gasps> I'm I turned 23 this December. Are you like? Just a little what, bit. A year, just a, little a year, bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's, it's, a little bit. Older. it's always so funny when I'm just like, oh my god, I never expected. I always really? think I'm like 
so young. No, 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 no. I, I look because I'm usually like for some reason I just attract older people or whatever. Youngest, <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody, but um, I know like for me, like I, I, I kind of like slow down going to clubs. Um, simply, simply because of like mu, you know, the music. Um, I've been to plenty of like um functions or even just like not even uh clubs, but like little like parties it's being hosted or whatever um where like the music is just straight utter trash and it just ruins <laughs> the entire night for me yeah. because like even you know it's not even the whole just playing straight tra- trash music it can even be like the placement of oh, like yeah. the songs the and everything yeah exactly like the the tempo and everything like that that's a big thing that's a big thing with me you know i come from <laughs> i come from like the south where we like grew uh grew up with we didn't have no djs we just had right. like our phone our mp3 player and the speaker mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know you had to go uh by that and right. you accidentally go through one song that doesn't go into the next people gonna look at you like like what are you doing <laughs> yeah what the fuck are you doing you're ruining yeah food. like please yeah some people's so, transitions can just be a little bit like what was that like why did you even think about doing that it's just i mean practice yeah. you know practice like you know people you, you kind of have to mess up to learn what mm-hmm. sounds good but mm-hmm. i totally get what you mean it, it, it is really important to be able yes. to to sequence it is. It is. That's something I'm gonna have to definitely learn because I want to kind of get into like doing all that DJing. And right. Stuff as well. But just like you said, even like a playlist, like people that be, you know, playlists are huge nowadays. So oh yeah. Like Apple Music, Spotify, like <clears throat> a lot of t- people put so much time into their 300 track list mm-hmm. of making sure it flows together and mm-hmm. you know it makes sense. So yeah, That's it's me. definitely. I feel um, like you calling me out. <laughs> well, it's great because that means that you actually are t- paying attention to that kind of thing. Right. And like I said, in certain cases, it's not necessary. Like if you're doing like a compilation album or like a mixtape, like who cares? Okay, just put the. It's a, it's put it on shuffle. Don't nobody care. Right. About right. If, exactly. Right. A playlist, or if you have like a concept for that kind of thing, mm-hmm. that can be incredibly important. Yeah, sure. definitely. Um, and so <coughs> going to my last question, which yes. will be just, um, what advice do you have for upcoming black <coughs> LGBTQ plus creatives um, in a similar field as you, or just like in general? In general. Um, <clears throat> so I, have, I was asked a similar question to this not too long ago, just by someone uh, who just mm-hmm. got uh, went into my Twitter. Mm-hmm. It, it was more so along the lines of, do you think that, black um lgbtq plus like producers have it worse than artists that are on the forefront mm-hmm. i said heck to the no because in a lot of ways as producers most of us most of us are in the background like sure we might have like you know you have like Kate for example he mm-hmm. is amazing people know Kate Trinata by his name but he can he also has a catalog of stuff he's produced for other people he can slink it to the background he's not particularly in the forefront you know you have he usually has somebody else featured like Caliuchis or somebody mm-hmm. else that's singing for him whereas like a black gay rapper or a black queer rapper who has to be like they are they, they can't seep into the background like you can't really be anonymous on, under that kind of um medium and so in terms of that like I feel like speaking as a black producer or creative or or filmmaker and all those other things that I like to partake in, Mm -hmm. it's somewhat easier for me to kind of like 
handle and be myself because as an artist like there is a lot of pressure like I have a lot of amazing queer rapper friends or queer singers that don't get the recognition they deserve and you know they they talk to me they're like well maybe it'll I should just you know be on the down low or not do that and I'm like no like you should not especially now like in 2020 nothing is perfect right now Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be perfect for a very very long time but the way that things are going this is a time to be yourself like this is time it's but be black as hell be gay as hell be queer as hell like just showcase the most authentic you right and things will work out and in terms of like music and all that stuff like as i'm speaking to producers because you know duh, i'm a producer i can't sing at all <laughs> and i won't ever dare try to sing anymore <laughs> um <laughs> i feel like you know it's it's really easy like it's really easy to just be yourself and produce mm-hmm. for other people and there's a difference between like being a producer and a beat maker if you want to make beats and make money off of that there's a huge community for that too so just do a cause a cause you and that's my best advice be yourself like if i could tell my 15 year old self to just Jamea, stop being afraid like be you like if you want to shake your little behind go ahead and do that like if you want to be feminine or whatever like be you like don't worry about yeah. what people say or or care about what yeah. people say that's honestly like kind of just straightforward, like a, a straightforward, easy. It's easy. easy. It's easy, yeah. and I, I know that's like it can be so like cliche and PR in some ways, but it's that simple. And I know there's a lot of complexities that go into like in my childhood. Like I went through a lot of bullying and all types of crazy stuff. Right. Same. But so it's like I'm sure. Right. So many people can relate to that mm-hmm. but i feel like you know if i again like if somebody that was young that was listening to this that was you know my age around that time like i would just tell them like you just have to press through it and don't like if tomorrow was your last day i mean i know how morbid that may sound tomorrow right. was your last day you want to live that last day being your most authentic self and that's just all i can say that's all awesome. period 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 <laughs> like it's a great point. it's a great great ending to everything well thank you um it has been so good i honestly don't even know how long we've been on here but um we were talking okay (laughs) yeah right but no like it's it's i'm very like now that i've gotten to talk to you i'm more calm um because you're like even through like though it's virtual like i can still put your energy so welcoming and thank you and everything same that that's a testament to you for making me feel so welcome i really do appreciate oh thank you you know i try i try but um yeah like I, i i i'm just i'm still also grateful um for you being able to you know make your attendance here um and just like talking and just speak about your all your endeavors and all the opportunities that's coming to you everything that you've done um because you know again i just want to shed light to people like these because i think a lot of uh producers um are just they're just now starting to get their shine Mm -hmm. um but like you especially when especially when it comes like in the, in the early like '90s or late '90s, early 2000s, a lot of producers were just like in the background. Back, yeah, um, they wasn't really getting any type of shine. Like right. you know, Timbaland was known, but he wasn't known Tim, like that. Right. So, and it's just like it's just like with any other um, in terms of an overall like collection of producers, not everybody was up in the forefront. Whereas yeah, exactly. Yeah, now and, and now and now it's changing. But I want to I want to be able to um, uh, help 
assist in that spotlight, yeah, right? Exactly, assist in that spotlight and kind of give a, a push to the LGBT, right. you know, Q plus producers yes, and yes, everything yes, else. Because it's not a lot. Yeah, create right. is and it's, not a, it's, it's not really important because who else is going to do that but ourselves? Like, so we have to, you know, there's so many people that can just get so lost in being catty and mm-hmm. competition, and it's really not even about that at all. Like, put each other on because who else is going to do it? Period. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's been so good. Um, thank you for uh, tuning into Geet. Um, amorphous Jameer. Um, if you uh, could, you know, give them all your socials, let them know where they can find you and everything. Okay. Well, if you guys want to <clears throat> go into all the craziness that is Jameer, aka Amorphous, mm-hmm. you can follow me on Twitter at Lonamorphous. That's L O N E A M O R P H O U S. You can find me on YouTube at Amorphous. I'll probably be the first one that pops up. Yeah. Find me on Instagram at The Official Amorphous. I think you know how to spell that. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much where I am. Or if you want to, you can go to my website. I have a website. It's jameerreesedavis at, um, dot com. And that's J-I-M-I-R-R-E-E-C-E-D-A-V-I-S. Jameer Reese Davis, yes. You can go find awesome. me Awesome. And you already know where to find me. Um, at <laughs> underscore peepthegeek3 on Twitter. Yeah. And, um, underscore peepthegeek on Instagram. Um, and you can also follow Geeked as well on Twitter. Um, and, uh, Forgot my the co- the host uh, Twitter. I'm so sorry, <laughs> so sorry, Michael. Don't kill me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you again so much for being here. It's been so much fun, and um, of course, will try my best to uh, tune in other times. But yeah, Good. see you later, y'all. Bye.